Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ugh, summertime. I knew before moving down here that the heat was going to be rough. But people told me, at least it's going to be a dry heat. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. It still doesn't make stepping outside any less of a sweat-inducing nightmare. For the past two weeks, we've been talking about where to go when it gets hot and how the heat affects us, but we haven't talked about the tastiest way to beat the heat. Ice cream. Ice cream is one of my favorite desserts of all time, thanks to all the different flavors out there to try. Whether it's a classic like cookies and cream or a more adventurous flavor like olive oil, it's hard to mess up this sweet frozen treat. How could you not love it? Well, for some people, ice cream might be off the table. It might be because they've learned about an allergy or have decided to become vegan. Before I moved to Phoenix, my younger sister sprung the news on me that she's lactose intolerant. So thanks for that, sis. I've got to worry about that floating around in my jeans. But just because your diet might have changed, there's no reason to give up on ice cream entirely. It's 2022, and people are finding creative ways to get their ice cream fix without risking their health. So the question for today is, where can I get ice cream if I've got a dietary restriction? And, more importantly, how does it taste? I'm ice cream enthusiast and summer producer Maria Gutierrez, and this is Valley 101 an Arizona Republic and azcentral.com podcast about Metro Phoenix and beyond. No matter the flavor, ice cream at its core is made up of a few key ingredients. Milk, sugar, cream, and sometimes egg yolks. One website I found also said air was an ingredient, which, yeah, I sure hope so. Briar's all-natural ice cream, nothing artificial. Just fresh milk, real cream, pure sugar. So that true vanilla taste really comes through. Briar's ice cream. It's like tasting vanilla for the first time. But those four simple ingredients are enough to put it on plenty of people's do-not-eat list. Lactose intolerance, vegan diets, keto diets, gluten allergies, diabetes. The list goes on. However... There's plenty of mainstream ice cream shops that offer flavors that are accessible for people with dietary restrictions. You can even find nearly 20 different Ben & Jerry's flavors that have been made into a non-dairy version. But I wanted to highlight places in the valley that specialize in ice cream made for those people. That way, you know where to head next time the squad needs a fix. It was the middle of the afternoon when I first walked into Lick's Uptown Ice Cream, a little corner shop at Osborne and 7th Avenue. Funky music was blaring from the speakers as I was hit with a cool wave of air. The matte black walls were decorated with Technicolor polka dots and party streamers strung across the ceiling. My favorite little details were the old sitcoms playing around the corner and a Miss Pac-Man arcade machine standing guard by the plush gray couch. As I waited, 
I read the menu chalked on a wide blackboard. Sweet cream, dank chocolate, Turkish coffee, abuelita naranja, and rosemary butter pecan? Huh. And want to know what all these flavors have in common? They're all safe for people with lactose intolerance. I cook all the ice cream here, I turn it all here, I start with my own base, high fat content, heavy cream, really hardly any lactose in the dairy cream and the sweet cream at all. And then I use uh, lactose-free milk, created virtually lactose-free ice cream, um, enough that I don't get sick. But if I didn't tell you that, you would never know the difference. I, my intention is to make the best ice cream you've ever had in your life that just so happens to be in small letters, lactose-free. This is Rich Dolan, the owner of Licks Up Town and the mastermind behind all of the store's ice cream. The store is still in its first year of operation, starting up quietly last December and hosting its grand opening back in February. But Rich has been making his own lactose-free ice cream since he realized that he was lactose intolerant. For most of my life, I just thought I had a really fast metabolism. I realized it probably about eight years ago now. I put two and two together, like every time I eat ice cream, this is weird, but I finally realized, wow, that's that's what it is. I love milk and I love ice cream. So that's when I, you know, tried lactose-free milk and realized, oh, it's, it's milk. Maybe it's a little different, but it's it's still milk. So why shouldn't I use the lactose-free milk to make ice cream? Like, that's a no-brainer, right? Lactose intolerance is surprisingly common in the United States. Research has estimated that about a third of all Americans are at least a little lactose intolerant, even if they aren't aware of it. And given that humans are the only mammals to drink milk into adulthood, I'm half convinced that we're not designed to drink it at all. Suddenly, it makes a lot more sense why most students never wanted to drink their cartons of milk during high school lunch. But a common misconception is that lactose intolerance is just the same as a milk allergy. I was under the impression that lactose was some synonymous with milk. A lot of people still do. You know, the way we make lactose-free milk is you add lactase to milk stick it in your, free, in your fridge for the night. By the next day, the lactase has eaten all the lactose and converted the lactose into two different types of sugar. So it's still milk, it might be a little bit sweeter. We just thought lactose was another name for milk. You learn something new every day. Speaking of new, I had to ask Rich about the kinds of flavors he makes. Sure, vanilla and chocolate and even coffee are pretty normal. But where do these more creative combinations come from? Rich gave me a little insight into his process. I'm well-traveled uh, because I was a flight attendant for 10 years. I got to travel the world a lot. I journal food wherever I go. I take some of my traveling. I, I read about food and recipes. Like this morning I was gonna make a black walnut and I came up with some great ideas. Like rather than just a black walnut, you know, I like, might wanna work with fennel in one of my ice creams with some black walnuts. I mean, that sounds ridiculous, but hey, I make an olive oil ice cream. So, and that's fantastic. So it's just really some trial and error. You know, the Turkish coffee was like recipe number 19 that I tried till I finally landed on it. I think the last uh, recipe took me three tries till I really, you know, got it where I feel like it's comfortable with it. Licks Up Town cycles through their flavors semi-regularly. Scrolling through the shop's Instagram page, I found a rose-flavored ice cream to celebrate Mother's Day and a dirty chai flavor that I really wish I had known about sooner. But the cool thing is that if you're not sure what flavor to get, Licks Up Town is happy to let you taste test a couple of flavors before you commit. Still, Rich has a few particular recommendations depending on the kind of person you are. What, do you, what is your go-to? Are you on the vanilla side or the chocolate side? Um, and then I'll take it from there. So must tries is the dank chocolate. You gotta try the dank chocolate, the Turkish coffee. Um, if you're a coffee person, if you're not a coffee person, it's strong. Uh, a must try is the, the rosemary butter pecan. Must try is the strawberry cream pie. And if, you, if you've ever had a gancito, so it's a Mexican Twinkie made by Bimbo. 
it's chocolate covered. It's got some strawberry and then some cream. That is a absolute must try. Um, and then the abuelita naranja, which is the Mexican hot chocolate, which I add a little bit of orange to mess with your head. Um, those are must tries. And then one more is mango sticky rice. Two are flavors that Rich had been mixing up just before I arrived. Cookies and cream, then strawberry cream pie. And as we were talking, the most recent batch had finished. So it tastes spot on. So. Yeah. Oh, that's my timer. Give me... The cookies and cream tasted like an even sweeter Oreo blizzard, which was fantastic. And even though I'm not a big fan of strawberry-flavored ice creams, the cream pie was still very good. The other flavors I got to sample were already on the shelves. Dink chocolate was very rich, although that doesn't come as too much of a surprise. In my dank chocolate, um, I back out half of the heavy cream. I use a creme fraiche, three different types of Ghirardelli chocolate. So there's cocoa, chocolate, dark chocolate, and some sea salt, some vanilla. It's probably not something I could eat a whole serving of, but I can't deny how good it tastes. But even better was that rosemary butter pecan I had noticed earlier, and that was much more my speed. I already love butter pecan ice cream, and this might have been the best version I ever had. The one that I got to go for a late afternoon lunch, though, is the shop's signature vegan flavor, mango sticky rice. It's funny because I wanted to put rice in it, you know, because it's made with rice. And I found out that no matter how much you boil rice, when it gets cold again, it gets hard. So the rice came out. I just used rice milk, uh, the coconut cream, and the mango. It's fantastic. And it was. It was sweet without being too sugary and wonderfully refreshing for a hot Phoenix afternoon. Highly recommend it. But maybe it's not necessarily the lactose that gives you problems. You might just have a milk allergy, or you've had to change up your diet, or you're vegan. It's hard to know for sure how many Americans are vegans, as it's only become a mainstream lifestyle within the past couple of decades. Some estimates put it around 6%, others put it closer to 2%. Luckily, there's a couple places out there that offer a slew of ice creams that may be more up your alley. So my name is Faith Sheehan. Um, I'm the owner of Desert Squirrel. Um, it's really big for us here to be able to give everyone the same ice cream going experience. You know, I've had people come in and say, I haven't had ice cream for 20 years because they're lactose intolerant or they're vegan, anything like that. You know, different things like that. I stopped by Desert Squirrel after work to fulfill every child's dream, having ice cream for dinner. With the late afternoon sun streaming in through the windows and the fluorescent painted signs, my fellow Midwestern transplants may understand why it would bring back fond memories of going to TCBY with my grandma. Half of the storefront is taken up by their service counter and the massive menu showcasing all of their items. Everywhere I looked, there were splashes of color, orange, pink, yellow, and it was hard to miss the Harry Potter house flags pinned up on the walls. For Harry Potter's birthday, we keep butterbeer all month long because, frankly, it's too popular for us to not do that and people get upset with us if we don't, so we keep it. Faith had told me that Desert Swirl had been in business for over three decades now, and it had been previously called Golden Swirl. But it wasn't until April 2020 that Faith became the owner. I actually worked here beforehand under the old owner. Um, so I made some friends here and they actually now work for me too because they just kind of moved over. So I worked for him for about a year and a half before I bought it and I was already kind of managing the place. I was running it and pretty much made the entire Sunday menu while he was still here, you know. 
Um, and I, I told my husband, I was like, I really want to change these things, but I can't because the owner. And this conversation led to another, and when the owner said he was going to move, we decided to buy it. The shop is not exclusively vegan or a lactose-free shop, but the majority of their menu items do fit the criteria. And they even offer options for people who want a frozen treat, but also are looking for healthier options. Our only eight yogurts are low sugar, low fat, low core yogurts. So it's, they're really nice. They have very good probiotics, really good active bacteria. They won't need these 35 pounds just within myself because sweet tooth sometimes, you know. And we also have our on the milk soft syrup, which is completely lactose free. So there's no whey, no uh, milk, no cream, nothing like that. It's made with almond milk soft syrup, so people are able to have it whether they're vegan, lactose intolerant. And the yogurt does have a little bit of whey in it, but we do mix it with water so that if there is someone who does have a lactose intolerance, but they still want to have one of our yogurt flavors, they can have it without having a severe reaction. The shop typically cycles through flavors every two weeks or so. Some special flavors, like the butterbeer flavor, lasts the whole month of July. But a lot of the different flavors they offer are kind of experimental. Uh, all of the yogurt and the almond milk we make in-house. We flavor in-house, we do all of the stuff here. The previous owners did have the ice cream, the yogurt, and the almond milk soft syrup. Some of the flavors I've created, like the butterbeer, which is really popular right now during July for Harry Potter, um, I created that one. Quite a few other ones that are fairly popular, which is really cool. Um, so since we let our employees kind of create the flavor and I just make it happen. So their creativity is fantastic. And we added in another machine. So we were able to do more soft serve for the vegan options. That way we had more for people. Um, sometimes it's because I'm incredibly bored. You know, I'm just laying there at night and I'm like, you know what would be really good? Schnozberry. So we do it. We do that during August for Tim Burton's birthday because... Why not? You know, um, we allow employees to have birthday flavors. So if there's not a flavor that exists, I think next month we'd have someone who wanted huckleberry, which was interesting to try and make and we'll see how well it sells, but I think it'll be good. Even though the shop makes the effort to offer options for everybody, it's sometimes a challenge finding ingredients that can make a vegan version of a dessert possible. There's a lot of promotions that I want to do that I need chocolate for. And to find vegan white chocolate is immensely hard. Um, that came as a shock, to be honest. It is hard to cater because a lot of people want the cake shakes, and I cannot find a vegan cake that would be within price range. But it's all part of making it a place where everyone can go get dessert, no matter their tastes or their needs. If you have a whole group of people in your friend group and you want to all go out for some treats, you know, you want something that everyone can have. And there's something here for literally anyone. We can make things vegan, we can make things as dairy-packed as you want. We have soda floats, and I think it's just important that people who have dietary restrictions aren't actually restricted to too much, you know? And if you care about the environment, Faith dropped this fun fact to me too. We are completely biodegradable. Everything down to our trash bags is biodegradable. Cups, lids, straws, spoons, bowls, everything is biodegradable. Um, even the stuff that looks like plastic is plant fiber. It was a little bit of a costly thing, so we had to raise our prices with the new year as you know everyone else does. But it's it's been really good on the conscience and on the mind because a place like this could go through styrofoam like no one's business. And when I worked under the old owner, it just, it broke my heart. It was too much. So now whenever someone leaves with something, I feel good about it because not only did they get the treat, but we're not feeling anything, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and speaking of leaving with something, 
It was hard to choose just one flavor to try before I drove home. So I asked Faith if she had any recommendations. I'm gonna be basic and say the pumpkin pie. It's honestly delicious. We make it with real pumpkin puree in it, so it doesn't have that weird after. Yeah, you know, I wanna say peanut butter, but I also don't want people with peanut allergies to die in here. So it's um, a really tough one. If everyone could try a flavor, right now the orange dreamsicle. I wound up choosing pumpkin pie because I love pumpkin pie myself. It wasn't as sweet as Lix's ice cream, but that's not an insult to Desert Swirl by any means. Sometimes a little less sugar is just as delicious. And the pumpkin pie was pretty good. It had this nice bitterness to it that real pumpkin puree has and that I personally love. It may not be sweet enough for someone else, but it was just what I needed after a long day at work. My last stop was Nami, a place that my coworker recommended to me that helped inspire this episode in the first place. The building is just a small hut, sandwiched between its sister restaurant Green and a little parking lot. Bright blue patio furniture is set outside for anybody looking to enjoy the fresh air. And inside, wooden tables and wooden seats to kick back, relax, and look over the menu. But before I visited, I had the chance to speak with Nami's owner over the phone. My name is Damon Brash. I'm the chef and owner of Green Restaurant and Nami Soft Serving Coffee. There are two locations of Green, one in Tempe and one on 7th Street in downtown Phoenix. And then we also have a location of Nami, which is our sweet shop and then breakfast place. And that's right next to Green on 7th Street in Phoenix as well. So altogether three locations. Nami offers coffee, pastries, and a soft-serve dessert they call soy namis, like the word tsunami mashed up with soy. But why soy? Well, Nami's entire menu, like the original green restaurant, is completely vegan-friendly. Tempe was our first location, and there we we made these ice cream treats that we dubbed soy namis. They're very similar to, like, a blizzard you know, soft serve ice cream treat with all sorts of cookies and different kinds of cakes and toppings folded in. And so that's where the idea for the Soinami came about. And when we moved into the building on 7th Street, we kind of expanded Nami a little bit more. The ice cream is made every day in-house, fresh, by hand. And it's a mix of organic soy milk, organic coconut milk, organic sugar, organic vanilla, and a couple other ingredients. As a Midwesterner, I can safely say I've never encountered a completely vegan restaurant. And while plant-based restaurants are more uncommon, Damon's not a newcomer to the restaurant scene by any means. I've been a chef for 30 years, and I've opened up a lot of restaurants, and I, they, they weren't vegetarian restaurants or vegan restaurants. And I approach my vegan menu the same way I would approach if I were cooking meat. We season things really properly. And so to the average person who might be a little squeamish about trying it, our restaurants are the perfect place to get introduced to it because we really take that into consideration. We, we want people to be happy and satiated and feeling really good about what they've eaten when they leave us. And, and they usually do. There's about 1,474 vegan restaurants around the United States as of 2020, and vegan substitutions for meat are beginning to become more widely accepted. 
even fast food restaurants like Burger King are offering an impossible burger. And part of Damon's drive to open up Green and later Nami was to give people like him another place to eat. 30 years ago, I became vegetarian. And then about 15 years ago, I became, uh, I went full vegan. So I stopped eating any kind of dairy. So yeah, vegan for 15 years, but I haven't eaten meat in over 30 years. My whole family's vegan and we just thought it would be great to have a place where people could get some delicious food at a really fair price and not have to give up, you know, flavor as you commonly find in a lot of vegetarian or vegan places. And so, yeah, we just wanted to do something for our community and our friends. And that has just kind of uh, expanded. Unfortunately for me, I wasn't able to stop by NAMI the day I spoke with Damon. So I had to visit my first full vegan restaurant later in the week. But before then, I still asked Damon for suggestions. If we're talking ice cream, I would have to say, if somebody was trying a soy for the first time, I would have to say if you're into fruity stuff, to go for the soy capitan, which is our signature soy one of our signature soy and it has kind of like a fruity cereal crunch and macerated strawberries, and that's folded into the um, vanilla ice cream, and it's just delicious. If you were more of a chocolate person, I highly recommend a seasonal soy that we have, which is called the chocolate monsoon. And of course, it's monsoon season here in Arizona, so we have, uh, <laughs> it's the perfect time to celebrate. And uh, the chocolate monsoon is a mixture of our homemade chocolate cake, chocolate chips, chocolate syrup, and that's folded into your choice of ice cream. It's quite delicious. I almost got that flavor when I walked in, but then I saw the option of chai tiramisu on the menu and there was simply no other choice. I got it with the vanilla soft serve as the base, but you can also get it with chocolate or swirl. Here's the best way I can explain the flavor. Earlier that same day, I had drank a chai latte, whole milk and all, and there was no noticeable difference between that and my soinami. It tasted like a frozen chai latte with some animal cracker crumbs snuck inside. It was very good. And that's the thing. Even though the ingredients may be a little different, it still tasted like ice cream, even for someone who's more used to non-vegan dairy ice cream. And as long as it tastes good, why should it matter if it's not made with dairy milk? You know, it's funny because 16 years ago when we first started out, in our name, our, our the name of the restaurant is Green New American Vegetarian. Even back then, 16 years ago, everything on our menu was always 100% vegan. But we chose to not call it a vegan restaurant because that back then that word was kind of scary and people didn't really like it <laughs> we have seen that change over the past you know decade and a half where more and more people are more open to it nothing nothing makes us happier than when people come in especially people who don't normally get to eat ice cream um, they come in and they realize that they can eat everything there they don't have to worry about their dietary restrictions and they can enjoy the food and they walk out of there happy. That's, that's the best thing in the world. There are still plenty of other ice cream places around the valley that offer options for people who may not think they could eat ice cream. I didn't have the time to visit them all, but here are a couple other places I could find if you feel like doing your own research. One is Bristlecone, which is a vegan ice cream shop that also carries shakes. And another is BEG Bakery, which has vegan soft serve and prides itself on being butter 
egg, and gluten-free, hence the name. There's plenty of ice cream left to try, and summer isn't over yet. But you know what is? My time here at Valley 101. It's been wonderful living in Phoenix, and getting to explore the world of its ice cream was a great note to end on. But even though this is my last episode, we've still got a team here ready to answer any questions you have about the Metro Phoenix area. You can submit your questions to valley101 at azcentral.com. And if you liked this episode, consider sharing it with a friend. Also rate and follow the show. You can also support all of our podcasts by subscribing to azcentral.com. I've been summer producer Maria Gutierrez, and it's time that I head back home to Kansas. After all, there's no place like home.